when things are even up. A man really should fight fair. But oh, and they just keep putting it to you, buddy. There's only one way to fight. Get mean. Mackenzie Lambert here, your host for Mac and the Movies, where we look at everything from art house to grindhouse, mainstream to obscure, the forgotten, and the unforgettable. On today's episode, we are looking at the series of films for the spaghetti western action hero, The Stranger, played by Tony Anthony. Before we get into the movies, let's look at how this series started. MGM paid attention to the success of the Sergio Leone westerns for United Artists during their U.S. releases in 1967. MGM wanted to have their fingers in the pie and wanted their own Spaghetti Western series. Tony Anthony was a songwriter who wanted out of the music business. He aspired to be an actor. Anthony got in contact with producer Alan Klein, manager of the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. Anthony was in the process of making a stranger in town when he met with Klein to finance the film. Klein agreed to pay $250,000 when the film was finished and he was happy with it. Fortunately, Klein loved the film and paid the quarter of a million dollars. Klein wanted Anthony to get started on another one right away. This would allow for Klein and MGM to double bill the films, maximizing the profits in a quick fashion. The idea of The Stranger was to make him the antithesis of the Western hero. You look at the likes of Clint Eastwood, Franco Nero, John Wayne, Giuliano Gemma. They had chiseled features or good looks. The stranger needed to be on the ugly side. His horse, named Pussy, was a ragged-looking animal. He couldn't roll a cigarette to save his life. He had poorly bleached blonde hair. He was underhanded in his fighting against the outlaws, using dirty tactics himself. That's a big part of the charm of the stranger series. But he won't do so if innocents are in danger. Spoilers ahead, let's get into the movies. We got movies! He sees a few people sleeping throughout the streets. Apparently, they are in a siesta state. He kicks one person over to see that they're dead. He sees a woman in hiding in one of the other buildings. 
She even puts her baby under the bed. The stranger enters a cantina, empty, and helps himself to a drink. A bandit hiding in the cantina threatens him, but the stranger takes him out. He goes upstairs and finds a woman in one of the rooms. She shoes him out, thinking he's the bandit that was just killed by the stranger. Turns out the stranger arrived in town as a group of bandits have taken it over. The other townsfolk are in the church. The bandits are waiting for a Mexican federale escort that is bringing a machine gun. The bandits take out the federales and obtain the weapon. They're going to use the weapon to kill the federales and have it as a backup to steal gold from the U.S. Army. The stranger offers his services to pretend to be a member of the U.S. Army to take the gold with minimal bloodshed. The ploy works and the stranger asks for half of the gold to pay for his services. The bandit leader, Aguilar, double-crosses him, giving him only one coin. After a quick gunfight, the stranger escapes Aguilar and his men. From there on, the stranger follows Aguilar, almost in a taunting fashion. Leading up to a confrontational fight, a reloading race pits the stranger and his double-barrel shotgun against the machine gun used by Aguilar. A stranger in town, also known as a dollar in the teeth, is a very basic western plot. Simple revenge for being wronged by a bandit leader. It's a decent introduction to the character of the stranger and how he manhandles the bad guys, as well as him getting his share of a beating. Director Luigi Vanzi, using the pseudonym Vance Lewis, provides a competent film that has little frills and is straightforward. He would go on to direct the next two films in the series, The Stranger Returns and The Silent Stranger. Red Dead Revolver will recognize the music of Benedito Gehiglia. The opening credits theme and the music playing during the stranger's pursuit of Aguilar were both used in the game. They complement the film, if not a bit repetitive. Marcelo Masiochi was the film's DP. He captures the isolation of the small western town. He would go on to work on Castellari's The Big Ragged, Your Hunter from the Future, as well as Ace High and Boot Hill for Spencer and Hill. Tony Anthony makes the character a blank state. He has little personality in this film, something that would improve upon in the follow-up films. Besides the Stranger series, he made the 3D adventure film Coming At Ya. Frank Wolf plays Aguilar, the bandit leader. Wolf adds humor to his role, but maintains an air of menace. He got his start in the mid-1950s in television and a few movie roles. He appeared in The Wasp Woman, The Twilight Zone, The Untouchables, Rawhide, Wagon Train. He found a second career in Italian films like A Few Dollars for Django, God Forgives I Don't, The Great Silence, Once Upon a Time in the West. He did well for himself in his two-decade career. You'll see Raph Baldessare in a lot of these films. He appears in all four, with his parts getting slightly bigger with each film. A Stranger in Town is a decent introduction to a new character in the realm of spaghetti westerns. 
While he may not be as well-known as the man with no name or Django, you'll see him develop as the series progresses. To be fair, this is a pretty rough start to the series. Excuse me, ma'am. What do you want? I don't want any trouble. And what are you looking for? Does it make a difference? No way! I told you not to hit him in the face. Jim, you've taken enough punishment, Jim. Who am I supposed to be? You sure don't look like the daughter of your father. Don't worry about me. Look after those poor devils outside. bandits plan to rob a stagecoach of $200,000 in gold. They learn of the coach from a postal inspector on the take. After learning of the imminent arrival of the coach, the bandits kill the inspector. The shots echo throughout the desert, alerting the stranger. The stranger tries to investigate where the shots came from. He arrives at the meeting point of the bandits and the postal inspector. The body of the inspector is in a horse trough. A few outlaws remain and force the stranger to bury the inspector at gunpoint. He digs two graves and outsmarts the outlaws. Their bodies fall in the open plots. The stranger takes on the identity of the postal inspector to steal the gold for himself. He finds that the town is already under the control of bandits led by Emplen. Other revelations come to light. A town leader in cahoots with the outlaws, the stagecoach itself is made of gold, and the stranger finds an unlikely ally in a preacher with a knack for pyrotechnics. The Stranger Returns does what every sequel should, evolve the returning character, raises the stakes. The Stranger Returns very much improves on the previous film, notably with the increasing comedic bits. Also, his weapon during the climactic fight got bigger. In A Stranger in Town, he has a simple double-barrel shotgun. In The Stranger Returns, he has a rotating quad-barrel shotgun that is very impressive and foreshadows his weapon in Get Mean. Luigi Vanzi returns as director. Cast members Tony Anthony and Rafael Desade return. Some of the music cues from the score by Benedito Gahiglia are used in parts. Marcelo Masiochi is back as the film's cinematographer. 
New to the series is composer Stelvio Cipriani, who took over for Carhiglia. Cipriani brings his driving, grandiose composition skills to the Stranger series. We've mentioned Cipriani a lot on past film reviews, A Bay of Blood, Nightmare City, and Highway Racer. Definitely gets lost when compared to Goblin and Morricone, but the man has his share of classic scores. Dan Vadis is the outlaw leader and plan. He has a mean streak as the main baddie of the film. This was just a year after his turn-in for a few dollars more. He would go on to work frequently with Clint Eastwood in films like High Plains Drifter, The Gauntlet, and Every Which Way But Loose. Marco Gigliam steals the film as the preacher. He plays a big part in The Stranger, taking out M. Plains men in efficient fashion. The Stranger Returns was a much-improved experience after A Stranger in Town. Anthony's character is refined as a buffoon who manages to outsmart the bad guys. Cipriani's score is a highlight. If I'm being honest, you can actually skip A Stranger in Town and get right to when the series gets good with The Stranger Returns. First, there was a stranger in town. Then, a stranger returned. And now, the legendary fighting machine of the Old West goes to the far east in The Silent Stranger. Stranger opens with the stranger interfering with a robbery of a courier. In the courier's possession is a scroll that must be delivered. Unfortunately, the courier is mortally wounded by a pair of bandits. The courier beckons the stranger to finish his delivery. The delivery will net the courier $20,000, which the stranger all too quickly offers his assistance. 
The stranger makes his way to Japan to deliver the scroll. Shortly upon his arrival, he gets mixed up in a feud between two rival groups, murderous thieves led by Koeta and a small army of swordsmen led by Lord Matori. Assisting Koeta is an unknown mercenary referred to as the American, who handles a Gatling gun. To a degree, the stranger plays both sides for quick money, tearing the scroll in half. In a surprise twist, both sides unite once each of them has half of the scroll. Then, as a peace offering, Koeta is going to marry Princess Otaka at the behest of Lord Matori. The Silent Stranger is a nice homage to the roots of the Western films and Spaghetti Westerns, which were heavily inspired by the samurai films of Akira Kurosawa. You have the dynamic of the sword versus gunpowder, a clashing of cultures. Lord Matori still believes in the use of bladed weapons, while Koeta employs the American's Gatling gun. To build upon the previous film, the weapon used by the stranger in the climax of this film is literally a double-handed cannon. A Japanese weaponsmith crafts this huge gun and fires what looks like little metal figurines. The blunderbuss would be a false description, as I've seen some say it is. The presence of Princess Otaka gives the film some warmth. She's one of the only characters in the end series that one could describe as innocent. She's only a young child, yet she is treated as an offering to maintain the peace between Lord Matori and Koeta. When she is presented as a child bride for Koeta, you really feel scared for her, and you end up cheering for the stranger to get her out of there. Tony Anthony, Raph Baldassari, Luigi Vanzi, and Stelvio Cipriani return to contribute their respective parts. Anthony stands out here. The narration and the moments of comic relief help define the stranger as his own character in a genre filled with bland heroes and common anti-heroes. Lloyd Batista plays the American. We'll see him in a bigger role in the next film in the series. Batista would be a regular TV actor. He even did some ADR for other Italian films, notably providing the English dub for Terrence Hill and the Cat and Hutch trilogy. After The Silent Stranger, he would be a frequent collaborator with Tony Anthony. Rita Mara stands out among the cast as Princess Otaka. This would be her only film appearance. The Silent Stranger is a nice mix of samurai and western genre. Tony Anthony improves with each passing film in giving the stranger a character. Batista makes a great addition to Anthony's company. The film continues the upward trajectory started by The Stranger Returns. Tell us the secret of the treasure. I got nothing. Nothing! 
with the stranger being dragged by his horse pussy. The horse stops in a ghost town before dying. The pussy day. <laughs> he frees himself and goes into a rundown saloon and finds a band of gypsies. One of the gypsies tell him that he is assigned a great task. He will be paid $50,000 to bring a Spanish princess back to Spain. Seconds after the stranger refuses, a band of barbarians enter the saloon. The stranger makes short work of them. After the scuffle, the stranger agrees to escort the princess. If you think an anti-hero battling Mongolian-esque barbarians in the weird is west, then just stick with the film as it continues. The stranger and the princess make it to Spain where they witness a battle between barbarians and the Moors. The barbarians are led by the nefarious trio of Sombra, Diego, and Alfonso. All three of them are searching for a treasure of a previous king a treasure the stranger wants to get his hands on for himself. What follows is a surreal challenge where the stranger finds a cursed artifact that can be used against Sombra and his men. The film builds up to the stranger going head-on, armed to the teeth, explosions aplenty. Get Mean was the final film in the Stranger series. It was produced during the twilight years of the Spaghetti Western in the mid-1970s. Everything conventional to the genre was done by that point. Tony Anthony took the film in an absurdist direction to help separate it from other films. Think of the aforementioned elements. Cowboys, barbarians, gypsies. Now you have dandies, a hunchback tyrant quoting Shakespeare. Invisible fist fighters. Turning the main hero black, but not in a racist manner. There's a lot in this movie to keep the viewer amused. Director Ferdinando Baldi does a fine job directing the film, mixing the western and comedy elements. Other films by Baldi include Django Prepare a Coffin, starring Terence Hill as Django. Other films Baldi and Anthony worked on include Blind Man and Coming At Ya. The trio of Bixio, Frizzy, and Tempera provided a good music score that fits the film, yet I immediately think of the music used in the trailer for Get Mean. Heavy music by Bob Seger and The Last Herd. This same track was also used for the trailer for the first film in the Stranger series, A Stranger in Town. Tony Anthony completes his transformation as a parody of the Western hero. Some of his facial expressions during the over-the-top moments are priceless. He reaches peak badassery during the climax, packed with dynamite, his pistol, and a big multi-barrel shotgun. 
Lloyd Batista returns from The Silent Stranger and is having a ball as the Richard III wannabe Sombra. Raph Balasari gets a lot more screen time as Diego, the barbaric henchman to Sombra. David Dreyer as Alfonso is hilarious, especially during his fight with the stranger. If you want to see a spaghetti western that goes in a gonzo direction at the end of the genre's run, then Get Mean is a solid option. The stranger character is given a proper conclusion, with the series ending on the highest note possible. And that wraps up this episode of Mac and the Movies. Thanks for listening. Next time, we will be taking a look at some of the classics of the ABC Movie of the Week. I'll be covering The Immortal, Duel, Brian's Song, The Night Stalker, The Night Strangler, and Bad Ronald. That episode should be up Monday, August 31st. If you enjoyed this program and want to see it grow, consider a one-time donation via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal. I have a subscribe star that you can join and help guide the creative direction of the show, starting at $1.99 a month. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have my BitChute channel as well. All of that in the description box. Until next time, this is Mackenzie Lambert for Mac and the Movies. Take care and stay safe out there. (laughs) 